You are listening to Hands at Work Audio. This episode features Tyler Ralph speaking at Word and Worship for February 2016. He's speaking from The Hub in South Africa, and his topic is endurance. Last week, I, I got to go to Swaziland with, with Vusi and Nesta and Sasanyana. And when we were there, we stayed in Msengeni um, every night with different families, with the kids. And Vusi and I stayed with these two kids. One little, I think they were eight and seven. And the little boy was Sam Kello, and the little girl was Nobusle. And that, I remember that, that night we, we got there and we spent time with them. And then we sat in their, their little house where the kids sleep. And we prepared our beds. And so the kids put out their little, their little mattress here. And both little kids slept on that mattress. And then I was right in the middle. And Vusi was on this side of me. And we were all, it was really close, squished in together. And we, as I saw the kids jump into bed and put their heads down, getting ready to go to sleep. Vusi was already there in his sleeping bag, ready to go to sleep. And I was kind of getting ready for bed. And I thought, I'm so tired. Let me just jump in bed too. And so I got in my sleeping bag. I looked over and Vusi looked like he was, he was out. And so I'm like, okay, let me just go to sleep here. And I looked over to the other side and something caught my eye. The two kids were laying down, but both like this. And the other one was here, just watching me. <laughs> Big smiles on their face, so excited to see this, this stranger in their house. And I, I don't know what they were thinking I was going to do if I had some crazy ritual before I actually fell asleep. But... But, I mean, there was beautiful little moments like that. I was just laughing to myself, falling asleep after that. I'm not sure they slept at all. But, um, but it, was a tough, it was a tough visit, too, I think. The timing of it was really tough. There was, it was all the kids going back into school. And so that week, they were heading back. And how many home visits that we did, and we just heard about the challenges from each family that are already overburdened, trying to... I mean, you think they were crying about little plastic covers and papers to cover the books because they said our kids are going to be sent away from school. I mean, that... And then you think about school fees that are 1,000 or 3.5, they have to pay for as well. And it, that made it really tough, actually, to be there and to, um, to be visiting homes to see how much they're struggling to keep kids in school. We're in the communities watching kids walking back in the morning. Already they're walking back from school because they'd been sent away. And so also staying with Sam Kello and Nobutle was in the morning, Vusi said, how come you're not bathing in that? And they said, we don't have any soap. And I think there was, I don't know, it, there was definitely a heaviness to the trip. And in the morning, when we, when we um, sat there in the morning, we grabbed one of the, these chairs and sat on their patio. And I was just looking out over the valley in Sangani, and the sun was, was coming. And I, was just, I just had my Bible with me, and I was thinking, you know, God, show me. Like, I need an encouragement or something this morning. But I was just, I didn't have any direction. I was just flipping through the Bible. He stopped me at Galatians 6. But it says, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. 
at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And I, so I read that and I thought, okay, like I feel like you put that in front of me today, but I, I, I'm struggling to see. Of course, it has meaning to me, but on this day, I was struggling to think, what, what are you actually trying to tell me today? And so we said goodbye to the family, and we jumped in the car, and we went off to Shoga, which is one of our brand new communities in Swaziland. And we sat there with the care workers and the Induna and the pastor, and we shared the watchword with them, our watchword from this year. And it was so brilliant just to hear everyone's, so many people had something, and in different ways it touched their heart. And after that, we went on home visits. And so Sesanyana and I walked with a care worker named Smongile. And so she took us to, the, to one edge of the village, the farthest house. And on the way, she was talking about a child, Tingatile. And that's the only name that I heard on the walk. And so as we're walking, we get to, the, to this lady's house, Mama Shbangu. And she, we sat with her at her house under the tree. And she just shared a bit about her family. And she spoke about her husband who works with the sugar cane companies. He's a cane cutter. And she said, we have four kids. And I've taken in two children that are my nieces. And so one of those was Tingatile that we were hearing about. The other, her sister, Stembile. So they came from the next town over and their parents had passed away. And she said, the situation just got so bad there. Those kids were so vulnerable and exposed that I had to take them into our house. Even though she was so overburdened, she took those two in. And so we were listening to that story, and I thought, I was just thinking about their situation. But as the story kept coming out, she started talking about this other boy, Ayanda. And we hadn't heard his name yet at all, but it, it came out partway through the visit. And he, he was... when. When Mama Shibangu's husband worked, when he goes off to the, the cane farm, he found another wife over there. And so Ayanda was, a, was from that marriage. And at some point, his, Ayanda's mother said, you know, take him, I don't want him. And so she took him to Mama Shibangu's house, and eventually she ended up passing away. But this young boy, Ayanda, was, has been staying with Mama Shibangu. And she just shared about the struggles in raising him, um, just how many challenges she's facing. And even that day we showed up, she said, he's supposed to be at school, but I heard from one of the kids, he's off hiding in the bush, and he's not going. And while she was sharing, I just remember, she just had this look of someone who, just this practiced, tough exterior of someone who's had their heart broken too many times and won't let it show on their face, you know. But you could hear in her voice just, she was ready to, to give up, to pack it in. You could hear it. And that was, it was tough to hear her speak, um, but in what she was saying, there was so much love and concern in her voice for Ayanda, which is a rare thing, I think, Sometimes it can be rare in our communities to think, this isn't her child, this is from his hus her husband's other wife, and yet she's speaking about him as if it's her own child. 
but she was, I mean, just watching her, she was so tired. You could see she was running out of steam. But she just, she spoke like someone who's pouring all she has into this kid, and yet she feels like he's slipping through her fingers. She can't quite catch him. And it, as we were sitting there, it just felt like on this trip that God was impressing endurance on me, the word endurance, showing me my need for it, but also the need in others, like Mama Shabangu. That morning, I felt like, as I sat there with her, I felt like God was saying to me, this morning, when you were sitting at that other house, I gave you a scripture. Speak, share it. And so, while well, Sesanyan and I sat there, we shared with, with Mama Shabangu, we said, this care worker, Spongile, God brought her here to you. She's here because God loves you and he hasn't forgotten you. And we felt, we said, we also feel it's not by accident that we're meeting you today. We think that God brought us here also, maybe because you needed encouragement today. And we shared that scripture with her. And we said, we hear the love and the concern in your voice and we're grateful that you're here to look after these kids, that you love them. And we tried to encourage her about to endure and to rely on God for her strength. But it all made me think about the last, last year when we were in Shoga. Busi and myself did home visits there and we walked to Gogo Elizabeth's house. And we sat there with her. In the first 10 minutes, she was sharing about her son passing away and all the grandkids that she'd been left with and then just started crying. In front of total strangers, she just crying and crying and crying. And I just feel like in this season so much that God is just impressing upon me the need for endurance and for relying on his strength. I mean, when we consider all that us as individuals, as hands, went through in this last season, in this last year, the loss, the grief, that hurt that comes from people intentionally wounding you, the helplessness, the kind of things that shake our foundation and threaten to bring down the house. And we struggle to persevere. As I was writing this, I was thinking to myself, what these questions are popping in my head. What is it as people that makes us want to walk away when things get tough at work? When we face opposition, we just want to give up sometimes. When someone criticizes us, we want to write that person off and never speak to them again. When our, when our friends and family back home tell us, you've been here long enough, you've given enough, it's time for you to come home and worry about yourselves, plan for your future. Something inside you, somewhere deep inside, makes you want to run back. When relationship, or when marriage becomes hard and it's more work than you anticipated, there's somewhere inside you that wants to give up. When relationships cost us, we want to stop that relationship and focus on ourselves. So is it any wonder that the divorce rate in the US right now is 50%? It makes me think of two couples standing at the end of the aisle taking their vows and flipping a coin to see, is it gonna work? Is it not gonna work? 
from, from the year 1994 to 2008, the number of people on antidepressants in the U.S. has gone up 400%. There's 40 million people in the U.S. alone right now who struggle with anxiety disorder. So what is it in us? Is it sin, brokenness? But alone, alone, we are weak. We are. We can't just will ourselves to be stronger. But it made me think of Paul in 2 Corinthians where he says, Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long roads. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I face danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty. I have often gone without food. And I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. A man that used, Paul is a man that used to persecute Christians, is now so willing to endure his own persecution in the name of the very faith he used to despise. He can endure because of his total submission to God and his reliance on God. God gave him the strength to persevere. He says himself how weak he is. It's only by God that someone can endure. So do you think it's by accident that Paul speaks so much in his letters about endurance? Do you think that God took a random verse out of the Bible this year and threw it to George. Just any old random verse. It's not random. God's giving this to us for a reason. He wants to tell us something. And in this, did God say that, that this walk would be easy for us? In First Peter, Peter speaking to the slaves, he says, for God is pleased with you when you do what you know is right and patiently endure unfair treatment. But if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes, We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. He goes on to say, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. And listen carefully to this part. He says, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. It's not easy, but God does renew our spirit every day. And as, as children of the kingdom, 
we are meant to focus on those things that we cannot see so that we are not consumed by the adversity we face. I learned so much in the last year just by watching the way that Hands at Work handled heartbreak and opposition. In my flesh, there were times where I felt I wanted to attack at those I felt were wounding us. But I watched God as he steadied the hand of those who were the ones who were right up front, who faced those challenges head on, and they handled it with love. In 1 Corinthians, it says, We bless those who curse us. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us. That is what it means to endure to me. To rely on God for your strength. To never give up. And to do it with love. Always with love. God doesn't want to see us drown. He wants to see us live with joy and to never give up. To hold on and to keep others around us afloat as well. God is definitely speaking to me this year. To all of us, I think, through this watchword. Through Mama Shabangu in Swaziland about relying on God for endurance. And if, you, if you've heard that watchword and didn't think about endurance, then I'm worried. Because all of us will face adversity in this year in some form. For some of us, the bottom may come right out. But if, there, if there's ever been a work that needed endurance, it's here working with the most broken people. If there is every year as hands that we needed to endure, it's this year. Because I trust that God has given us this as an encouragement for a reason. Give your challenges to God. Surrender them. But remember all of his faithfulness in your life when you pray. The love and the joy that comes from remembering his goodness will sustain you. And if you are reliant on God, if your relationship with him is there, he will give you the strength you need. Pray to your Father and ask him for endurance. Know that God is with you through everything and don't give up. Knowing what is possible with God, Paul says this, Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And do everything with love. Thank you for joining us. www.handsatwork.org